Amen. See, sometimes we don't tie science to the Bible, but the Bible is full of science. When you begin to read the Word of God, you see how what scientists say they discover, God already knew a long time ago. Amen. We've been in a series called Mind Monsters, and I've had so much response uh, from many of you saying, my God, it's spoken to me. And you know what? That's the whole purpose. It's not about me up here, you, you know, me preaching a great message. My, my whole hope is that God would do a work in your life and help you to be victorious. Amen? You have a powerful mind that God has given you. But how many of you know that the enemy would like to use it against you and does use it against you? Amen? So I, I want to talk about this because even according to the video, we need to renew our mind. We have some thought patterns that have built not only roads but highways in our brain. And you heard the video. It, they, have to, they have to be torn down and new roads have to be built. How many of you need some new roads built, new ways of thinking, new ideas, because you have some old stinking thinking that needs to go away? If you say no, you're lying. Amen. So we need the Word of God to renew our minds to God's way. And so uh, I hope this series has resonated with some, with, with some of you. Uh, God has given you uh, the ability to make changes in your life and to be able to get a new mindset according to what he's called you to live and what God has said in his word, we need to realize that's God speaking to us. Some of us say, well, I've never heard God speak. Man, woo, then you're not reading. God spoke over several hundred years through different men to give us his word of how to live, how to renew, and what would bring life. So, it's a powerful thing. Now, you have something in your brain called the reticular activator. The reticular activator. It's a small part of the brain that stores what it thinks that you want to remember. It's a part of your automated memory. It, and it doesn't just store anything. It actually tries to take its cues from you, and then it selects what it believes that we want to recall and use that on a regular basis. And let me give you an example. You're going to leave here today, and if you live, have lived in the same home for some time, on your way home, your reticular activator is going to say, I can get you home. I can take you there. And it will want to take over. So if you're not paying attention your reticular activator begins to kick in. And I'm going to tell you, you can be in a conversation all the way home with your spouse or whomever you're riding with, or you can be in deep thought and kind of daydreaming while you're driving, and the next thing you know, you're pulling in your driveway. And you're going, oh, my God, did I stop at all the lights? Anybody know what I'm talking about? So... But your reticular activator that God has given you, that means it's doing its work. It's doing what it's supposed to. The problem comes is when you move houses. Because now what has helped you can now 
hurts you because it's taking you somewhere different than you actually wanted to go. I mean, I've actually done this before. Eight years ago, we moved from our old house to our new house. And I remember the Sunday after we moved, I'm by myself, I'm driving home, I'm in deep thought about church and, you know, what just happened. I'm tired and i just spoken. And uh, I, next thing I know, folks, I am pulling up in the driveway of my old house. I'm like, what am I doing? I, I mean, I drove through the whole old neighborhood, y'all. I mean, it, it was like, it was, uh, it was on automatic. And so what happens is your reticular activator kicks in, says, I want to go home. And so now you have to consciously retrain your brain and replace the old with the new. You have to get it functioning for you and not against you. Because if you're not paying attention... It will take you down a familiar trail, and you, it'll go where it thinks you want to go, but you're not actually going or ending up where you want to be. And y'all know where I'm going with this, right? The reason this is so important is because so much of your thinking comes from your sin nature. You were born, unfortunately, in sin. Adam and Eve in the beginning sinned, and then therefore uh, the enemy took over in the earth, and now we're all born in a sin nature. That's why you need to be born again. Hello, that's a whole message in itself. That's why we have to be born again. Not go back in your mother's womb. Good luck with that. That's not going to happen. No, but born again through Christ Jesus. And so that's the only way that we begin to fight against this old flesh and this nature uh, that comes against us. So it's our sin nature, and it has a history in the flesh. It's born, like the, like the video said, <clears throat> you're born selfish. And some of us have never outgrown it. I want to do what I want, when I want, how I want, live the way I want, anybody in the house. So what happens is now we have to go back and do what the Bible has told us to do, and that is when it says renew our mind, that's what it's talking about because we have sin nature pathways that have created ruts, so to speak, in your brain, and, and, and it's, it, it's, it's the worldly way to do things, but God's Word goes against that and says, no, I want you to renew your mind according to what I've written, amen, because this is the way to life. So my goal in this series has been to equip you to help you develop a better way of thinking. Amen, somebody? I'm real quiet. I want to help you stop some habits that are hurting you. To live victorious. Start habits that will help you to live the life that God's called you to live and to drive out these mind monsters. Amen? Because God has something better for you than living in fear, than worry, than stress, than oppression, negative, negative. I'm going to say that one more time. Always negative. Negative assumptions. Hello, somebody? Because there's a better way. I mean, how about uh, always feeling low self-worth? That's where the enemy wants you, and God has something better. So 
I've titled my message today because I want you to remember this. When you change your mind, you change your life. I don't know if you can even grasp how important what I'm talking to you about right now. Because some of you are desiring this life. You have hope for tomorrow. You have hope for today. You have hope for your children. You, there's a destiny lying in front of you. And I'm going to tell you, I'm telling you how to get there. You've got to change your mind if you're going to change your life. And let me say it this way. When you align your mind with God's mind, it will absolutely change your destiny. It'll change. I'm talking about the word joy and peace and satisfaction of life that you're working for, longing for, getting educated for, fighting for, I'm telling you, that's how important this message is. So I'm going to, again, I could preach a whole series probably from this one basis of a message I'm preaching today, but I'm going to give you three things to help change your mind. Can I do that? Number one, we change our minds by our physiology. Big word. It's simply physiology is the physical function of something or the physical action of your body, the moving physically. That's all it is. The Bible actually teaches us to stand. It teaches us to raise our hands. It teaches us to clap our hands. Anybody? Psalm 47.1 says, Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. And y'all going to have to get with me now. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. It also, if you keep reading, it teaches us to lift our heads. In other words, don't live down here, but live high in who you've been called to be. Ephesians talks about spiritual warfare, which we talked about uh, uh, last year, putting on the armor of God. But it says when you've done all that, when you've done all you know to do, it says physical action. Now, it's not teaching you to lay down and stoop down, but stand. And not only was that something God, uh, well, let me say this. You remember uh, in Joshua, what did they do? God told the people to march around those walls. That's physical. That's physiology. It's action. There was something more going on, but there was a physical connection to a spiritual and a mind connection. So God's teaching them there. He's not only going teaching them, hey, I'm about to give you the victory, but it was also a way that the army began to feel inspired and have thoughts of victory in their mind because they actually were putting movement to their bodies. Now, how, are you going to have feelings of victories just sitting back? Absolutely not. Now, think about this. When Jesus would heal people, when he was about to work a miracle, he would tell them to go do something. He told, told the man, he said, he said, go bathe in the pool of Siloam and be healed. It was something physical connected to the spiritual. Are you hearing? There was a mindset. He, it, and so he would tell people to do things uh, uh, to, in order to find healing, but it was always a physical thing. He said, he told the man that was lame, he said, take up your bed and are y'all with me? What we, what we often underestimate is how our physiology can change our state of mind. When your mind is filled with negativity, your body tends to slump. 
head down. I mean, you're feeling negative. I mean, that's why when people get oppressed or depressed, they don't want to get out of bed. Well, I could hear echoes in here this morning. But I know it's true because I've, I've dealt with so many folks that are going through a time of being depressed. And when you're depressed, you don't, I mean, your body slumps, you get down, it's negative. People don't want to get out of bed. They want to go do anything. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your physical has an effect on your mind. Well, I mean, what do the doctors tell you? You know, they, t- they say you need to exercise. If you want to relieve stress and depression, exercise. Go walk. Go take a walk. Because they have figured out what the Bible has already said a long time ago. That your physiology connects to your mind. And it affects your mind. Anybody in the house? I mean, I've learned that, you know, I've spoken in front of audiences for a long time now. Every week I get up here and you know, used to, it was a challenge, and, and, you know, I mean, when you first, many of you know, you get up on the platform, you're like, you know, but I've gotten used to it, and I've also realized that people are watching me, and those of you, by the way, welcome of those of you watching online, you're watching through that camera, and the way I carry myself physically speaks volumes, amen, somebody? But here's the deal. I'm also looking at you. And I've learned that I've got to find the right faces and the right people. And I'm not trying to bring anybody down. But in order for me to deliver this message right, there are certain people in the crowd that I look to because I don't know how you're feeling on the inside, but the outside is speaking like, yes, go past it. Now I can deliver the right message. Anybody? <laughs> it fuels me. But I'm not trying to make this about me. I want to talk about you because maybe you don't realize that when you do that, you're actually sending a message to your mind. Um, you're telling your mind, you know, in other words, if you come in here and you're, you're not really engaged. You're, uh, you know, you're, you're probably coming in with a mindset, hey, I'm just going to chill. I'm going to relax. You're probably not going to hear anything. I'm not going to hear anything today from this pastor that's going to be a big deal. It's not really going to be life-changing. You know, it's not going to change anything in my life. But I want you to try this. Listen, listen. If you come in here and come to church with something to write on. Oh, now I all got you all looking around like, Or maybe it's your phone, no no social media, no texting. But if you come in and you lean in, I want you to realize how powerful this is. You come ready, prepared. There is something that reacts in your brain that says, hey, I'm ready to learn. Hey, there's something positive happening here. I mean, I mean, I mean, if you your brain begins to react for you, it's like pay attention, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. But if you're all chilled out and laid back, you know, it's like I'm not gonna get anything out of this. You're right. But you're speaking something to your brain every time you walk in here. See, your mind is so powerful; it'll say, it'll say, "Oh, you want to learn? Oh, okay." And then all of a sudden it becomes alert. That's why I tell people, you know, nothing against everybody sitting towards the back, but the front. 
Now, some of you paying attention to me all the way on the back row. Y'all wave at me. Y'all wave at me. I love my back rowers. Man, praise God. Glad you're here. Some of, some of you have children, so you came in and tried to just, we're just glad to be here. Finally got our kids here, Pastor. But how many of you know that you can get distracted in the back? Hello? Closer you get, you, you eliminate that. Now, next week, everybody's going to be filled up front. And ain't going to be nobody in the back. I'm just trying to tell you, your physical is powerful. Your physiology has something to do with getting your mind to click because your mind will begin to feed back and uh, it says, I'm here to learn. I, I want to grow. And it, it, it's something powerful about it. Now, that's why, and I'm spending some time on this one because many people don't understand the power of worship. Worship is not just for God. Worship is for you. Worship helps us. See, when you participate, I mean, I'm not asking everybody to be overly, you know, something that you're not because we have different personalities. But there's something powerful about when you begin to say, thank you, God. Lord, I praise you. How great you are. How many, Lord, and you begin to think about how great God has been in your life while we're singing. And that's why when we begin to sing out a physiology, how great is my God. Oh, I'm singing to you. How great is my God. See, there's something that begins to happen because your brain clicks in and says, Oh, you want to give honor and worship. Now, if you're just sitting back there going, How great. Do you see what she's wearing? Is I God. Oh, my God. You can take it the other way, too. Or you sing, turn it around, God, how's it go? God, turn it around, turn it around, bring it. All of my hope is in the name of Jesus. Man, you begin to sing that with all, everything in you. All of my hope, do you mean it, is in the name of Jesus. And, and all of a sudden, it begins to affect your mind and your brain, and you become an actual worship leader to God. People don't understand, why do I clap my hands? Boy, that's why the, the Bible says, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph because you're telling your mind, I'm aligning my mind with victory in the word of God. I am who it says I am. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. My victory is in the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden, your mind begins to break down those old highways and those old byways that says, no, you're not a worshiper. That's for the, all those crazy people know this is what I was created to do and I you know the spiritual is more powerful than the physical and when you claim it in the physical automatically it begins to take place in the spiritual and that's where the warfare is going on that's when you begin to break chains over your life of addiction and negativity and oppression and depression and I'm going to tell you uh, Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. That's the power of his word. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody, let's practice. Let's practice it right now. Go ahead and claim your victory. 
God, I give it to you this morning. Every sickness, every disease, every issue, every problem, everything I'm going through right now, I praise you in the middle of it all because I'm a child of God. My God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Y'all going to make me preach. Don't tell me God hadn't given you a powerful mind. Don't tell me science and the Bible don't go together. God knew it before scientists ever knew it because he actually made your brain. Hallelujah. Number two, we change our mind. This is important. When we challenge and change our internal dialogue. Now, I touched on this a little bit last week. Self-talk. You, you do talk to yourself. Some of you have been talking to yourself while I've been preaching. But what you have to do is you have to set up border patrol in your mind. In other words, you can't allow every thought that comes to you to pass through. I know we don't want to talk about the U.S. Border Patrol right now, but they're there to try to inspect what comes in and what, what they send back. Amen? In other words, when you go through the border, I've been through the border before, they stop, they look at the vehicle, they inspect it, they decide, I mean, now they got all kinds of x-ray and everything, I mean, if, uh, and they decide what they're gonna, who they're going to let in and who they're not. Amen? But some of us have no border control in our minds I'm talking about, y'all. Y'all get back on the right subject. And whatever's coming at your mind, it's just free-flowing. And then you're wondering why everything that comes out of your mouth, like sometimes like, are you a Christian? What goes in? Garbage in. Are y'all with me? What you watch? My wife, can, I can tell you, there's times we've turned on a Netflix show. And about 10 minutes in, sometimes it's the first minute. It's like, nope. Letting that garbage in my mind. That's not, I don't want that in my life. I don't, hey, it creates all kinds of temptations and junk. And, it, you, and then you want, people want to know, well, I don't know how I got here. I mean, look, I, I, I don't mind watching a good movie. I love good movies, amen. I like some good movies and, and some things, but there is just some stuff you can't allow in your mind. And so how do I do that? How do I set up border patrol? Everybody say Philippians. Philippians. This is the Philippians 4.8 principle. This is a principle. I'm speaking to you. This is a principle you need to put in your life right here. You ready? Here's what it says. Finally, brothers, Paul speaking, and sisters, y'all read it with me. Whatever is...
You know, there's enough negative in the world to think about. And, you know, you don't even have to work hard to think negative. Because your sin nature, we go straight to the bottom first. I'm trying to get you to retrain your brain. It takes work. It takes work. It takes work. But when you get this principle in your mind, I mean, because you know what? Anything, how many of you have ever gotten anything good out of negativity? How much has been accomplished from thinking negative? Zero. You just wasted space and time in your brain. Is this helping anybody? I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you. I, I'm preaching to me. Because every time I preach it, I'm, I'm telling my brain, this is what I want to do. I'm not the perfect pastor, but I'm striving. And every time I speak the word, I mean, this, this Philippians 4.8 has been a scripture that I, I, I mean, it's one of those scriptures that I put in my, my little checkbox up here because I have to remember, nope, I'm going to think on the good things of God. I'm going to think of the greatness of God. Negative things happen all the time, but I've learned that life has two rails. It's like a railroad train track. You got the blessings, and then you got the stuff that just keeps happening in your life. And you know what? If, if, I'm just telling you, that's life. But the blessings always outweigh the negativity. You got to think on the blessings, though. The enemy wants you to get, get stuck on this other side of the track, and then you just drag yourself down, and you just live that way. Man, I'm getting off my notes now. I'm just talking. Set up patrol. You've got to examine every thought that you're allowing and see, does it measure up to this? Is it, is it worthy? Is it allowed to stay in my mind? I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm not going to allow it to take residence in my mind. Now, if you know any part of the Bible or, or grown up around the Bible, there's a story in Matthew chapter 9 about a woman who had been hemorrhaging for 12 years. She had went to doctors. All kinds of people trying to find a solution to get healing, and, 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 and she couldn't stop the hemorrhaging in her body, and it was affecting her. And so she hears that Jesus is coming to town, and she hears that Jesus can heal and that he's been healing people. And if you've been suffering from something for a long time, see, I... Some of you can, can resonate because you've been going through some pain in your body or sickness in your body for a long time. And I'm telling you, she's tired. She's worn out. She's looked for answers. She's gone to all the doctors. Nothing seems to work. And so she's desperate. And she hears of this man named Jesus coming to town. And I can't help but get emotional about it because I can't imagine she being so wanting to change in her life. And, and But she's... She said this in Matthew chapter 9. This is what you got to pick up. And, and, and she, she says this. She said to herself. Everybody say internal dialogue. Don't tell me it's not powerful. She said to herself, if I can only touch the hem of his garment. Not I might. I will be healed. Now, what you need to understand, there were a lot of other people saying other things around her. 
If you go back and read the story, everything that was surrounding her, I mean, it was negative. No, you don't need to, you need to stay away. Jesus is not going to come near you. No, it can't happen. Negative, 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 negative. And she said to herself, if I can just. See, what she said to herself was influencing her more powerful than what other people were saying around her is what I'm trying to get you to see. There will always be negativity around you. In church, y'all, in church. You know what? Because I always get the, the reverberated throw up like three months after something happens. I think the pastor knows. No, no, nobody tells me nothing until I hear the retold version about 50 times over of what I did. I'm like, God, dog, man, that's a great story, but too bad it ain't true. But to other people, it's real. That's, that's what jacks up a church. I'm going to tell you that right now. Has it happened here? Absolutely. I know it's happened here. It makes me madder than a hornet because I know it's, it's the enemy trying to cause division every time. Y'all have to know that who I am up here, my heart, my passion is the same guy I am behind closed doors. I ain't no different. I'm going to treat people fairly. I'm going to love on them. I'm going to give them grace. I'm going to be for them and not against them. But, buddy, you start attacking the body of Christ, you're right. I'm going to stand up and say, this is what God's word says. You can get, either get in line with it or you don't. That, because one day I'm going to stand before God and have to give an accountability for my leadership and for your life. And if I just kind of let things go and let things slide, no, I'm a protector. I I am a shepherd. I have a responsibility for you. Amen. That's how I treat it. But with love and truth. I've had people accuse me, you know, like, like, oh, man, you go in pastor's office, he's going to get, man, and I'm not going to mention your name, but he's going to give you m and And then he's going to slap you with the truth. No, I'm not, I'm not that harsh. But Jesus was full of truth and grace. When he went to the woman at the well, she needed a savior. She was hurting. But Jesus didn't hold back and said, yeah, but you, you, you've had five husbands. <clears throat> but you're looking at the savior of your life. And I'm here to forgive you and give you grace. And we're going to pick this thing up and we're going to move on. And she went back to her town and won a whole town to Jesus. Don't tell me grace and truth don't work. Woo, where was I? My God. I needed to say that. Because you people got to know I'm for you, not against you. I'm here. I mean, I'm only here for one reason. That is to lead people to Jesus Christ and to help you live a victorious life in him. But it, you have to make the choice. Amen. So I'm hoping that you understand the, how important this series is, even though today I'm ending it. This is the end of it. But your whole life could literally be transformed by what I'm talking about. You can have a brand new kind of day when you walk out of here if you'll let this sink in. Because when I change my mind, I change my internal dialogue. Do you know that what you say to yourself is more important than what anybody else says? 
that self-talk. Matter of fact, I was looking up statistics. We say about 7,000 words a day to ourselves. 7,000. Now, some of you are double that. I realize that. But 7,000 words. That's 2,555,000 words to yourself every year. But most people never stop and consider what you're telling yourself. Am I pulling myself down or am I lifting myself up? Am I making negative assumptions or am I believing for the best? You talk to yourself more than anybody else. You listen to yourself. And what you say influences you more than even what I'm saying to you right now. And believe it or not, listen to this. What you say to yourself influences you more than even what God says to you. That's a thought. Because I can sit here and teach you the Word of God and Scriptures like I am today. But if your mind is kind of in the mode of like, ah, yeah, I went to church. Yeah, I, what did he preach? I don't know, something about the mind. And your mind doesn't engage in the truth of what we've been saying. You don't take it serious. I'm going to tell you, that's where we end up in places we don't want to go. I talked about it the first week. Thoughts are like trains. They take you somewhere. You end up in places like Lonesomeville, Angerville, Pride Park. Oh, can I, uh, never mind. So think about this. I'm going to begin to watch what I say because what I say to myself is powerful. Amen? And here's the third one. You ready? You got to move on. 11.22. We change our mind when we constantly renew the spirit of our mind. What you talking about? Well, the scripture says in Ephesians 4.23, it says, and be Come on, say it with me. Not every once in a while. Constantly renewed. Where? Having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Wow. Now, what's he talking about when he says the spirit of your mind? Well, let me make it simple. It's your mood. It's your mood. I know you know what I'm talking about. It's the mood of your mind. Sometimes we say, you know what? Or sometimes we say, well, they just have a bad spirit. Person's got a bad attitude, a bad spirit, or they're in a bad moodiness. Moodiness, listen to me, in the mind will make you hard to live with. I heard that. That one kind of carried on. Yeah. Moodiness will make you hard to work with. Moodiness will cause strife in your relationships. The mood of your mind, listen, can cause you to say and do things that you'll regret later in your life. <laughs> it will cause people, if you're the one being moody, it will cause people to trust you less. People have, will have less confidence in you. It's like I never know what I'm going to get. For me, if it's always a mood, I'm going past that door. Or in other words, I'm walking past you. 
Because every time it's the same mood and outlook on life. And I'm not going to allow that to feed in my brain because I've, I've got border patrol set up and you ain't getting in. Some of you are thinking about some people right now like maybe I need to rethink that relationship or have a truth and grace conversation with them. I love the scripture, Proverbs is full of wisdom. Proverbs 16.32 says, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. I don't care how strong you are, what kind of position or where you are. I would take a person that is, that is not angry all the time. I don't care how good you are at something or how talented you are. Amen? And then watch this. And he who rules his his mood is better than he who can even take a city. That's powerful, y'all. It's powerful to rule your mind. There are people in the room. Listen to me. I'm going to step on some toes. There are people in this room. You need to be honest with yourself. But you're being held back from better relationships, from better jobs, from better pay, listen to me, from having better opportunities in your life because you don't have a renewal process for your mood. I mean, you got Moody Mark, Moody Mary. Who wants to live with them? Who wants to work with them? Now, I know everybody in here is going to thinking of somebody else, but... <clears throat> Yeah, can we do this? Come on, somebody. Take your pride down a notch right now. Come on, do this. Because you take care of you. Everything else will be taken care of. If you're always pointing a finger at somebody else, it might just be you. You have a problem of pointing your finger. I'm going to make sure my spirit is good. The mood of my mind. Anybody? He says, be constantly. You know what constantly means in the Greek? Constantly. <laughs> I really don't know what it means, but is it? I mean, think of it as, y'all thought y'all were going to learn something big, didn't you? Think of it this way. When you clean your car, and hopefully you do sometimes, and you park it in the garage, you know, it's all clean and nice and cleaned up and taken care of. But you're eventually going to take it out of the garage. You're going to drive it. And guess what's going to happen? It's going to get dirty. So what do you do? You wash it again. I'm going to wash it again. I, 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 you got to do the same thing with your brain. You need to give your brain a bath. Constantly. Who wants to live with somebody who hasn't showered in a month? Talking, I'm talking about up here. Woo! That's why it's so good to come to the house of God and get my mind renewed, my spirit, my mood. You, you think it's not important? Oh, it's important. Because I can, I've got encouragement around me. I've got some other saints with me. I don't come to the house of God to talk about anybody. I come to the house of God so that I can worship with people together. Build the body up, not tear it down. 
You know why I keep saying that? Because it's human nature. And the enemy wants to win. And I'm bound and determined as your pastor. I mean, if you hear any negativity, you stand up and say, you know what? We're not going to talk about that right here. That's negative. Is it helping the body of Christ? Is it at all? Like, is there anything helping here? Is there anything helping? No. Well, then, okay. Look what God has done today. Look at all the new members. My God, did you see the new members today? It was so awesome. People got saved. I mean, we had 65 salvations in the month of October. God is good. God is great. 20 baptisms two weeks ago. See what I'm saying? I can always find the scratch on the car. I got to shut up. Have a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. <laughs> Y'all stand to your feet this morning. I'm done. Y'all repeat after me. You just say, you know what? I'm not settling. For these old pathways that the enemy's taking me down through death and destruction. I'm not settling. I'm renewing my mind. I'm creating a different atmosphere for my life. Hello? I'm not mad. I'm glad. I'm not hurt. I'm healed. I'm not holding on to an offense. I'm letting it go. Come on, say it. I'm letting it go. I'm not discouraged, I'm encouraged. I'm not stressed, I'm confident and assured. Because when I change my mind, come on, when I change my mind, I change my life. Come on, give God glory this morning. We're celebrating victory in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm just going to go ahead and thank you, God for the victory I feel in this room, Lord. Those that are being set free from mindsets and attitudes and moods and those that have felt low self-esteem and been oppressed, Lord, we believe victory is winning right now. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony that you have. Thank you, God. I'm going to walk out of here. I'm going to be a better person. Hello? I'm going to be a better person. In my mind, I'm going to be a better spouse. If your spouse is with you, just look at him. Look at him right now. Say, I'm going to do better. I'm renewing my mind. I'm renewing my mind. And you can call me out. Oh, y'all stopped right there. You can call me out. I'm giving you permission to call me out when I start speaking down. Are negative. And let me just tell you, I've had to apologize. Oh, pastor? Absolutely, because there I let a mood get in or something happen and it brings me down and I speak negatively to my wife. I've apologized to my children. Said that's not the that's not the kind of dad I want to be. That's not who I want you to think of me as. I'm asking you to forgive me. Anybody? 
Thank you, God, that I'm saved, set free. I'm a new person. I'm a new man. I'm going forward, not backwards. I'm sick and tired of the enemy kicking my tail. No, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm going to put the right people around my life. I'm going to stop hanging around those people that are bringing me down. I can't give in that. I'm setting up border patrol right now. You can't come in. And it's going to take some time. In Jesus' name. Everybody bow your heads. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, and when I say that, you may have lifted your hand before, but you didn't make the commitment in your heart. And today, God brought you here speaking into you. I'm going to tell you, that's the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart, calling you home. And if that's you here today, and you're ready to make Jesus Lord in your life because that's where victory is going to come from. Not just now, but also eternally. And you say, Pastor, I want to be a part of this prayer. Pray with me. Would you just raise your hand real quick? Let me know. I want to pray. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. Keep your hands up all over the building. God bless you. Keep them up. Keep them up. Keep them up. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. I'm so happy and thrilled. Keep them up. Keep them up. I want you, everybody, to pray with me. Repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to redeem me and reconcile me. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. And be my Lord and my Savior from this day forward. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. And when I fall... I'm going to get back up. I'm going to keep going forward because I know he's with me. Thank you, Lord. And everybody say a big amen. Come on, let's give him a hand clap today. You got this, man. I'm telling you, you got this. Hallelujah. We're going to win victory over these mind monsters. Come on, going into the holiday season, let's celebrate the goodness of God and the blessings of God. Again, if you're a guest with us, we'd love to meet you right out to my right if you have time to stop by. Have a wonderful week. Don't forget about Wednesday night, the table. We come back here. We have a Wednesday night service, worship, and then get together. We'd love to have you. Have a great week.